This afternoon, congregation will deal with Lord's Day 12 of the Heidelberg Catechism, and we'll also read in connection with that Article 29 of the Belgic Confession. But we begin with Lord's Day 12. And there we confess the following from God's Word. Why is he called Christ, that is, anointed? Because he has been ordained by God the Father and anointed with the Holy Spirit to be our chief prophet and teacher who has fully revealed to us the secret counsel and will of God concerning our redemption. Our only high priest who by the one sacrifice of his body has redeemed us and who continually intercedes for us before the Father and our eternal King who governs us by his word and spirit and who defends and preserves us in the redemption obtained for us. Why are you called a Christian? Because I'm a member of Christ by faith and thus share in his anointing so that I may as prophet confess his name as priest present myself a living sacrifice of thankfulness to him and as king fight with a free and good conscience against sin and the devil in this life and hereafter reign with him eternally over all creatures. And then we'll also read in connection with that uh, from the Belgic Confession, Article 29. And there we confess uh, concerning the church, the marks of the true and false church. We believe that we ought to discern diligently and very carefully from the word of God what is the true church for all sects which are in the world today claim for themselves the name of church. We are not speaking here of the hypocrites who are mixed in the church along with the good and yet are not part of the church although they are outwardly in it. We are speaking of the body and the communion of the true church which must be distinguished from all sects that call themselves the church. The true church is to be recognized by the following marks. It practices the pure preaching of the gospel. It maintains the pure administration of the sacraments as Christ instituted them. It exercises church discipline for correcting and punishing sins. In short, it governs itself according to the pure word of God, rejecting all things contrary to it and regarding Jesus Christ as the only head. Hereby, the true church can certainly be known and no one has the right to separate from it. Those who are of the church may be recognized by the marks of Christians. They believe in Jesus Christ, the only Savior, Flee from sin and pursue righteousness. Love the true God and their neighbor without turning to the right or left. And crucify their flesh and its works. Although great weakness remains in them, they fight against it by the Spirit all the days of their life. They appeal constantly to the blood, suffering, death, and obedience of Jesus Christ in whom they have forgiveness of their sins through faith in him. 
The false church assigns more authority to itself and its ordinances than to the word of God. It does not want to submit itself to the yoke of Christ. It does not administer the sacraments as Christ commanded in his word, but adds to them and subtracts from them as it pleases. It bases itself more on men than on Jesus Christ. It persecutes those who live holy lives according to the word of God and who rebuke the false church for its sins, greed, and idolatries. These two churches are easily recognized and distinguished from each other. So far, our confessions. Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ and you too, that includes you boys and girls who uh, belong to him. Sometimes, you know, when you have a birthday coming up, um, somebody in the family will ask you, well, what would you, would you please make a wish list of the gifts you'd like to receive for your birthday and maybe post it on the fridge or so. And in fact, they're asking, what, what would you like me to give you for your birthday. You remember, congregation, how last Sunday in connection with Lord's Day 11 about, 11 about the name Jesus, Savior, I asked you to imagine that Jesus tapped you on the shoulder and said to you, don't be afraid, but I'm Jesus, Savior. What would you like me to save you from? What burden which you're carrying now would you like me to take over from you? And then he wants to know that specifically. Not in general, specifically. And remember how he paid attention to the specific things we might have Jesus deliver us from. Well, now we come to Lord's Day 12 and to the name Christ, which means anointed, anointed one. Anointed and appointed to do something for us. And if you think about that name, you might imagine that Jesus not only would come and tap you on the shoulder and ask what you want him to save you from, relieve you from, but he might follow that up with another question. As the Christ, he might also ask you, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? What can I I give you? So what would you say then? What do you want from the Lord Jesus Christ? What do you want to receive from him? We read about that incident of Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus there in Mark 10. Just outside Jericho, Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem for the last time and blind Bartimaeus calls out Jesus son of David have mercy on me Jesus son of David son of David 
means that Jesus, that Bartimaeus saw Jesus as the anointed king. The appointed and anointed king, the one who had come to do things for his people. Well, when Bartimaeus called out, have mercy on me, Jesus had him brought to him. And he asked that very question we mentioned before, what do you want me to do for you? And Bartimaeus knew what he wanted this anointed son of David to specifically do for him. Rabboni, that I may see. Congregation, what would be on your wish list for the Lord Jesus Christ to do for you today? Have you thought about that? What do you want him to do? And again, like last week, there's always, you know, the danger that we kind of generalize things, you know, that we make it vague, right? We asked Jesus to do things for us in generalities. Lord, I'd like the forgiveness of my sins and, and so on, without really being specific about which sins and what the consequences of that forgiveness of those sins could be. no. I'd like to think with you more specifically when it comes to what we'd ask Christ, the son of David, to do for us. Want to be specific. Think about being specific. And with that in mind, I preach to you the gospel in Lord's Day 12 with this theme, then Christ lets us share in his anointing. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, notice that in the well-known incident involving Jesus and Bartimaeus, Jesus is the one who asks what seems like the obvious question. Bartimaeus had called out to him loudly and repeatedly, Son of David, have mercy on me. And we all know the story. The man is blind and he'll want to see, of course. However, that's not what Bartimaeus originally cries out to Jesus for. His crying to Jesus is vague. Jesus could have also shown, uh, he, he cries out for mercy, have mercy on me. Jesus could have shown Bartimaeus mercy by giving him some money. After all, Bartimaeus was sitting by the roadside begging. And when he cries out, have mercy on me, he's using words used by all beggars in Israel at the time. Have mercy on me. And that meant, give me some alms. Give me what I need to live, because I can't work. You know, as we mentioned before, we can also sometimes be quite vague in what we ask of Jesus too, right? Lord, give me something nice, something good, forgiveness, happiness, deliverance, protection. That's not exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ wants to hear from us. 
You know, he lets Bartimaeus cry out to him repeatedly, have mercy on me, son of David. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Until people got sick of hearing him. He lets him cry out repeatedly before he has him brought over. And then he asks him, Bartimaeus, what do you want from me? Be specific. And that's what he asks of us too. What can I do for you? What do you wish me to do for you? And what will we say then? What would be at the top of the wish list we give to the Lord Jesus Christ? Of course, I'm not thinking of a wish list like you post for your birthday on the fridge. Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one, what he, he gives has to do with salvation and discernment and protection, all kinds of spiritual things and so on, not just with gifts like new clothes or a new book or so. We all know that quite well, don't we? In fact, we know it so well that we hardly count on Jesus giving us real specific things anymore, expecting real specific things from him. If Jesus Christ asked us what we'd like from him, what we would like him to share with us, because that's the name anointed to share with us, we'd we'd probably think of spiritual things, you know, serious things, which have to do with our souls and with God and, and the future. Maybe we'd have said, Lord, I'd like the forgiveness of my sins. And then Jesus would have said, but don't, don't you want me to give you your sight back? See, we learn from what happened along the road out of Jericho that Jesus just doesn't want to hear us make vague requests about spiritual things when we look up to him as the Christ. He wants us to be specific as to what we would like him to do for us as the Christ. Lord, help me deal with my pain. Lord, help me overcome my depression. Give me strength to be able to do my job. Lord, help me in my loneliness. Lord, I'm afraid. Help me feel secure. You know, just be honest and open to him about what you'd like him to do for you. The more concrete you are, the more Jesus can give you what you need and what you you seek. Cut up those big, vague requests into small, real, specific ones. Christ means anointed to help us. Appointed to give to us, to share with us. And that means he's not after vague requests and he's not going to give vague answers. The vaguer we are, the less we receive and the less we notice we will receive. Take note of what we confess there in Lord's Day 12. He wants us to share in his anointing. And then the first thing there is he wants to give us that as prophets we confess his name. As prophets we confess his name. That's, that's great, but it's still pretty broad. It's deep. Let's make it more specific then. Christ asks, 
What can I give you in that regard? And then maybe you reply yet, Lord, help me speak about you openly. Help me to dare to talk about you to others. And then Jesus, as he did with Bartimaeus, would ask further, well, who exactly would you want to talk with about me? And why? And why would you need courage for that? And if you think about those things, you realize that you can be more specific yet about what you wish from Christ. Lord, I want to talk about you with my unbelieving coworker. I work with this person every day. She's strongly atheist, has all kinds of arguments. Why she doesn't believe in God, I'm afraid. I'm not going to say the right things. Lord, help me to listen and help me to confess to her how joyful I am to be a Christian and to be able to explain that to her. See, the more you cut your requests into smaller, more specific pieces, the more you realize that your request of the Lord Jesus Christ is a real one. One that actually means something to you now. What do you want me to give you? He asked. To give a vague answer to that question is often a sign that you're not really expecting an answer from the Lord, really. You're not even maybe interested in an answer from the Lord. To be able to talk about your faith is still a pretty vague request. It could be that you don't really make much work of understanding what you actually believe about the Lord Jesus and what the Bible and our confessions say about his work of redemption and that he, what he actually means for you. And how will you share that with someone else if you don't even know yourself? then it's no wonder you can't be specific that you can't find the words. But if you slice up your request to Christ to smaller pieces, make it concrete, that shows then that you've been busy with it already too. You've been thinking about it seriously. Lord, help me to be sensitive to my co-workers past frustrations with the Christian faith and the church and help me to be able to find my way to respond to those frustrations. You know, thinking along those lines shows you've thought about how to talk with the other person and that you've organized some thoughts about it and that doesn't mean you're going to be successful in talking with and responding to your coworker, but you see more sharply how you want Jesus the Christ to help you to share his anointing as prophet with you by confessing him, confessing his name. It's the same with the second thing mentioned in Lord's Day 12 concerning sharing his, in his anointing as priest. As Christ, the son of David, your only high priest, he asks you, what can I do for you? What can I give you? Look at Lord's Day 12, that as priest, I present myself a living sacrifice of thankfulness to you, Lord. Now, that's a, what we want in general. 
But if we personally ask Jesus Christ to become priest in general, like that, if we don't slice that request up and make it more specific, it's going to remain a weak and vague thing. The Lord Jesus Christ wants us to ask him for specific things, to expect specific things from him related to offering ourselves as living sacrifices to him, our only high priest. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. And you could say, Lord, give me a priestly heart for your church and help me so that I'm able to give my offerings, my regular voluntary contributions for church, not with a sigh, but with a willing and thankful heart. It's more specific, but even then he might say, he might say to you, but why do you need my help with that? And then you need to be even more specific. Lord, I lack the self-discipline to contribute. Help me to discipline myself so I put those thank offerings for church, not at the end, but at the beginning of my monthly budget. Help me not to put you at the end, but at the beginning of what I do with what you give me. You see, and then then you're becoming very specific. Again, you realize then how real it is to share in Christ and his anointing. To ask him for something. We all want to devote ourselves to God in a general and vague way. We'd all like to become good Christians who somehow end up doing the right things for God in the end. At least that's what we say. But when it comes to actually sacrificing, offering ourselves a sacrifice of thankfulness, we're not as eager when it comes to specific things. Inclined not to really, really offer ourselves, our time, our money, our gifts for the Lord. Or maybe we like to keep it to the minimum, just enough to still be able to call ourselves living members of his church yet. And then when Christ asks us, what do you want me to do for you? Then we ask for something vague. But we keep ourselves for ourselves. Not much offering. And then we will not receive much either. And our life remains as it is. And are we really priests? Brothers and sisters, you have to think concretely about what you as Christian want from Christ. You realize that's what your high priest wants to hear. And and that's what he wants to share with you. Like with Bartimaeus, he asked for mercy in general. But then when Jesus asked him what specifically he wanted him to do for him, then Bartimaeus wasn't vague anymore, but specific, concrete. Lord, I want to see. And then he received. And as a result of that, he followed Jesus Christ. So be specific. 
Examine yourself honestly. Think about where the shoe really pinches in your life when it comes to your priestly calling to offer yourself as a sacrifice of thankfulness to Christ. And ask him to help you with that, where that pinches. Ask him specifically, Lord, I have a hard time being kind to that particular brother. He's not likable to me at all. Help me to deny myself and to be kind to him. And we come to the third part in Lord's Day 12. Christ is king and wants us to share in his kingship. Wants us to help us be kings. And that means he wants to help us fight with a free and good conscience against sin and the devil in this life, as we confess there in Lord's Day 12. You realize that's kind of general there, and it's up to us to make that more real and specific. When Christ comes to us and asks, what, would you, what do you want me to do for you? And you answer that you'd like a free and good conscience, you can be sure and certain he's going to say to you, fine, but exactly what do you want to be freed and cleared of in your conscience? Just name the sins that you have such a hard time to fight against. Name the sins that weigh on your conscience. And think about that in yourself right now. What is the sin in your character or in your heart which you battle with and which, which niggles at the edge of your conscience all the time? Or oh, if you don't have a, a battle against sin and you find not too much is bothering your conscience, if anything at all, then you need to think about what it means to be a Christian. We read about the marks of Christians in Article 29 of the Belgic Confession. And it says there, Christians are recognized by the fact that they crucify the flesh and its desires and although great weakness remains in them, they fight against their weaknesses by the Spirit all the days of their life. That's a beautiful confession. And note the last words. Fight against their weaknesses all the days of their life. If you're going to be a true Christian... That's what you're going to experience your whole life through. A battle to crucify your flesh and to overcome your weaknesses. And then you can't say to Jesus Christ when he asks you what you want him to do for you, Lord, help me in my weaknesses in general, maybe? No. Because then you're showing that your conscience really doesn't bother you very much at all. If at all. And that 
you haven't really grasped what it means to be a Christian. And then you have to examine yourself more carefully in the light of the gospel. Because then your conscience will speak. And then in reply to that question of the Lord Jesus Christ, you might need to say, Lord, show me where my blind spot is. Maybe you can specifically name the sins and weaknesses which weigh on your heart at this time, which bind your conscience. The Lord Jesus wants to hear you mention them specifically. Because that's how he helps you in your battle against them. He asks, like he did with Bartimaeus, what do you want me to, as Christ, do for you as the son of David? And then you're not going to give a general reply, but you're going to answer, Lord, help me to crucify that desire, for instance. Help me to crucify that desire to engage in premarital sex when I'm with my girlfriend. Keep my conscience free and open about that. Give me a free and open conscience. And forgive me for that sin that desire in me. Help me to crucify that. And help me to stay pure with her before you. And see, if you give that to the Lord, then you can follow Jesus with a free and good conscience. Because Jesus is the Christ. And he wants to give you things. He wants to share with you He wants you to be king with him. Specifically, concretely. So that you bear the mark of Christians. So brothers and sisters, boys and girls, remember that question Jesus Christ asked Bartimaeus when you sit in your car or when you're at work or when you're sitting in school over your books or when you're out on a date, or when you're just socializing with others, Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one, the one who wants to give and share with you specifically. And then he asks you, as member of him, anointed with him, what do you want me to do for you? And then say it specifically to him. And then you'll more and more bear the marks of a true Christian in your life. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious Father, thank you for Jesus the Christ. The anointed one our greatest prophet and teacher, our only high priest and our eternal king. He did so much and wants to give that to us. Pray that we may be united to him by true faith and then share in his anointing. And that means then let him make us into prophets, priests, and kings too. 
help us to be specific then in what we want him to do for us so that we can grow as Christians, bear the marks of Christians as prophets and as priests and as kings ourselves. Amen.